Well, the media regularly report from an organisation called the Disinformation Project. In fact, it was all over the news last week because the Disinformation Project claimed that they had analysed some social media during the mandate, anti-mandate protest of Parliament at the beginning of the year, and it fed into the narrative that our world is full of disinformation and misinformation. And the media really love those two terms at the moment, and in fact, so do the politicians. Just to break that down, that doesn't seem to be prevalent amongst more of our 50 plus, it does seem to be our younger people. And those younger people are more exposed to social media. There is more disinformation available online. That I think is new, that worries me, is the influence, particularly of uh, offshore-driven, mm. social media-driven misinformation and disinformation. Uh, yes, there's those two terms. But look, here's why I think you should be very wary of anything that comes from the disinformation project. Let's check it out. So their website says the Disinformation Project is an independent research group studying misinformation and disinformation in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Since February 2020, we've used mixed methods approaches to analyse and review the seed and spread of information disorders and their impact on the lives of New Zealanders. Now, according to the website, the director of this unit has a Master's of Art from Waikato University in 19th century American literary culture. And her principal research area is the historiography, is that how you say it? Of the history of science with a focus on the cultures and subcultures of science, gender in science history, and narrative and complexity. And is a PhD candidate through Victoria University. Hmm. Lots of red flags there, in my view. But in their latest research paper, which got stacks of media attention, as I said, as the lead story, they say the Parliament anti-vaccine anti mandate protest was a significant online and offline event in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Online, offline, its physical presence captured the attention of the nation and fueled debates about ideas of legitimate protest in New Zealand and online, it's data signatures showed never seen before popularity with uh, misinformation, disinformation, and extremist thought. Now, before we look at some of this uh, latest report, they released a report earlier this year, and here's what it said. It said, the most recent COVID-19 outbreak and the vaccine are highly visible, potent symbols used to push various far-right and conservative ideologies around issues such as free speech, faith, Christian evangelical or Pentecostal, abortion, euthanasia, cannabis law reform, families and family structure, LGBTQIA plus rights including conversion therapy, uh, immigration, race and gender. Wow, what a shocking list of despicables and deplorables. Apparently, advocating these pro-family, pro-life and moral issues is all about disinformation. And if you oppose the government's agenda, well, that's misinformation or disinformation or one of the two. And they conclude, the ecologies and, uh, and spread of mis- and disinformation point to a broader threat that COVID-19 and vaccination are being used as a kind of Trojan horse 
the norm-setting and norm-entrenchment of far-right ideologies in Aotearoa New Zealand. Such ideologies include but are not limited to ideas about gun control, anti-Māori sentiment, anti-LGBTQIA+, conservative ideals around family and family structure, misogyny, anti-immigration. Mis- and disinformation and dangerous speech pose significant threats to social cohesion, freedom of expression, inclusion, and safety. So uh, that gives you a pretty clear picture of their worldview. So in the latest report from last week, well, the first amusing thing is that there is actually another definition to add. Misinformation is false information that people didn't create with the intent to hurt others. Disinformation is false information created with the intention of harming a person, group or organization, or even a company. And here's the new one, malinformation, which is true information used with ill intent. Okay, so even true information is bad, apparently. Now, before I share their conclusion in this latest paper, I had a chuckle at this paragraph in their implications center and a center set, a section, and it said, the parliament protest has and will impact on Aotearoa New Zealand's political and social norms. Listen to this sentence. The divergent perceptions of the protest by protesters themselves and the subsequent splintering, splintering of narratives around provenance, purpose, presentation, and pertinent productions have profound implications for social cohesion and the way difference is negotiated online and offline. Woo! Well, apart from the brilliant alliteration in that paragraph, the P's, what, do, what does that actually say? What does it even mean? But look, read this quote. Uh, it says in highlights, key mis- and disinformation producers affirm and promote an idea of Aotearoa New Zealand that pulls away from progressive values of social inclusion, justice, and equity that are increasing in social and political discourse. Instead, they long for systems that promote New Zealand European identity, traditional gender roles, and a patriarchal family structure. Ooh, traditional family structure, nasty. Now, here's the ironic bit. As you can see, I'm struggling to take this all pretty it's serious at all. But they say that they draw from the theoretical approaches of Jacques Ellul, I think is how you say it, Ellul, a French philosopher, sociologist, lay theologian, and professor who identified two main forms of propaganda vectors, strategic messaging and tactical messaging. And they talk about that in the paper, and, and this is the book that it is based, Propaganda, the Formation of Men's Attitudes, and it's from 1965. And an interesting observation that he makes is that the more an individual is exposed to current affairs in the news, and the more one tries to keep up with the cycle of it, the more susceptible one becomes to the negative influence of propaganda, which could be even more pronounced with the ever-present now of immersive 24-hour television news and online news source. Let me quote from his book. He says, Because the person is immersed in current affairs, this man has a psychological weakness that puts him at the mercy of the propagandist. For propaganda can suggest, in the context of news, a group of facts, which becomes actuality for a man who feels personally concerned. Propaganda can then exploit 
this his concern for its own purposes. Look, as you can see, propaganda can come from all quarters, online, news channels, even friends. Some people think that I give out propaganda. But it's our job to research and sift out the fake stuff and find the, find the credible stuff. That's called discernment. The problem for the disinformation project is that within possibly some very valid facts and research, there is a clear underlying narrative, ideology and bias which clouds their judgment. They clearly disagree with a morally conservative or traditional worldview. They've made that very, very obvious. That's why the media love them. And that's why you should treat the disinformation project's information with extreme caution. <laughs>